Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV Podcast 436's After Show. Nailed it. I got a message yesterday from Hannah Macbeth. Jeez. Asking for free tech advice. (laughs) Uh, They just moved into their new place, and they were... uh, they had some questions about Wi-Fi and such like that, so I gave her my professional opinion, <laughs> and the invoice is on the way. Did you give it all wrong? <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty funny. Uh, that's that's where I would have gone with that. No, no, no. Gave her all the best advice. That's what I do. Um, somebody's told me, <laughs> by the name of Hannah Macbeth, that uh, Paul, specifically, is looking to drop his tour schedule maybe as early as tomorrow. Ooh, look at that. I've got a copy. So here's <laughs> where so I'm going to. Uh, I mean, we know that he's going to Europe for like six or eight weeks or something. That's Yeah, that, and I that know there's a announced. few events that I've seen him signed up for on the PDGA. Yep. Um, you have to assume he's going to hit most of the pro tour with that when he's not in Europe because he's going to miss, I think, three pro or maybe four pro tour stops while he's in Europe. Yeah, I feel like we've seen a couple of pros start uh, releasing their tour schedule. Looking forward to it. And that, that I, I know, maybe I'm a little predictable, but that's one of my go-to questions often when talking to our pros at this time of year is, is there anything that's out of the ordinary that we're going to see you at next year or not see you at maybe? Um, and sometimes they'll say, oh, there's a there's an A tier at my favorite course that's a little off the beaten path. I'm going to skip such and such event. Um, you know, Chris Dickerson, he's, he's a, another great example. I think it was just yesterday where he released his uh, touring schedule. And for the first time ever. And uh, he's going to Europe. He is, but he also then made a, a distinction in that he won't be traveling out to the West Coast, um, I mean, and I, at which I'm that's on brand with what he's done the last couple yeah. of years. I, I think there's so many. I love seeing our pros for whatever their reasons. 
because there's no judgment for me whatsoever. If you're taking off a leg or a swing or a handful of events or just two events, whatever the case might be, I don't care why you're doing it. Good for you. Um, you, you I, I guess some of our players will say that they feel that they're playing for the fans and they're, uh, but at the end of the day, you're playing for yourself and you're the one winning the awards or not. And you go play whatever your heart desires. I don't, I don't think our players owe it to any fans to do anything personally uh, when it comes to what they're competing in. I can understand being a little disappointed that your favorite pro doesn't come play in a certain event, but they don't, I'm sorry, they don't owe it to you. I do like that the uh, that the announced tours happen before the ticket sales because we talked about this last year. You know what happens when you know you buy tickets for Jonesboro and then you find out later Paul McBeth isn't going to be there and that was the one guy you wanted to see. And again, I haven't seen Paul's schedule yet, but in general, things like that. So I'm I'm, I'm glad we get to see a lot of the pro, the the pros schedules ahead of time. Okay, and speaking of uh, schedules and ahead of time, uh, are you are you seeing? Do you have to click on a different link to oh, see? Maybe, maybe some I do. Other people, because I'm sitting here not oh. seeing what I thought oh, I should sure. be seeing. Oh, sure. So hold on one second. Let me just. Oh, oh, oh. oh it's that time. It is. It is. Uh, someone had a really great question on the board about. Um, for those of you that don't know, you know, we there was a huge nfl thing that came up Mm. on monday night with a player who went into cardiac arrest someone asking if what what would happen on the pro tour if something like that happened and i was saying like we literally saw that last year with johnny mccray who went into who had a heart attack on the course and our players kept playing yeah well (laughs) i mean i'm I'm not judging the nfl by any means i think they made the right decision um because that it was a hugely traumatic issue but uh and an interesting question on what would happen with the pro tour and I, I don't know what that answer is, but uh yeah, it uh and and again, uh, I in fact I was gonna go out and look for some updates. Uh I haven't seen any the only headline. I'm just quickly reading yeah. a headline that says Uncle says uh Damar Hamlin still fighting, family grateful for support. So uh unfortunately we don't I don't I don't have any other concrete updates to that and of course uh we we hope for a recovery if uh wow, it's just absolutely crazy. Anyway. Uh, for now, we're going to we're going to stay on brand with the old Frisbee golf thing. And with that, we're going to bring in a, uh, a couple of superstars from the West Coast. We've got Mike Jewell along with Steven Rico. Stevie, happy birthday, Rico. Hi, guys. What's going on, boys? How's oh, my gosh. Yes. Here we are. Early January 2023. We, as Johnny just alluded to, we said it in the beginning of the show, Steve just celebrated a birthday on January 1st. And if I carry the one. Grandmasters. That, that's got to make oh, you wait. what? 40, 43. Oh, okay. <laughs> 29. <laughs> yeah, you wish. <laughs> yeah. 44. 44. Okay. So you are. Okay. Okay. So you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're 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 close. Um, <laughs> now we're we're officially the same you're age. Same age right now for a few okay, months. Right. I love it, Mike, Jewel. Yes, how sir. you doing, buddy? Doing great. So you guys are uh, not only experiencing much better weather out there in California, but here we are entering another season of disc golf. Steve, you've been around for just I think just shy of forever, Mike. 
You've been playing. I've seen you at some Masters events. Let, let's let's go a little higher level for a moment. What what can we expect to see out of you two in terms of playing, in terms of competition, or not, in this new year? Um, well, I plan on playing Masters Worlds and uh, probably the Tim Selinski and try to get to Pro Worlds this year if I can. Um, maybe some local Pro Tour events that's around the West Coast. And... Uh, a lot of local stuff, pretty much. Eight tiers, maybe, right around here in California. Uh, and if anyone's silly enough and somehow doesn't already know, Steve Rico, of course, co-owner of Legacy Discs, uh, long-time PDGA with, what, 172,000 wins? Over 100 wins. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a lot. I don't even keep track of that stuff. Uh, oh, I don't even keep I got even too many wins. Waiting. Just share. Just give a view to Mike sitting next to you. All right. Mike Jewell. Uh, Mike, I've seen you at a number of events, but not quite uh, on tour the way that Steve Rico has been or or will be this year. What's, what are some of your plans for 2023 competition, if any? Let's see. I like to play the uh, Daniel Bow Memorial down in San Diego. I like playing the uh, Goat Hill uh, tournament that Alan Risley runs down mm-hmm. also down in San Diego. If I ever get in, I like playing Masters Cup. That's awesome, always. Um, I've always enjoyed playing the Wintertime Open. I'm kind of sad I don't get to play it anymore, but, you know, um, <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. Um, at least one tournament up at Wrightwood every year. So yeah, Wrightwood's I, up I, in the it's like 8,000 feet. So. Okay, and I was going to say, and occasionally I've seen you dip your toes into a little bit of Arizona golf, uh, if mm-hmm. time allows. Yeah. What what do, what do you do full-time? We know Steve you know, uh, makes Frisbees and lays concrete. What do you do full-time? Um, let's say that I um, build rockets. <laughs> <laughs> let's say that I build rockets. You can pull that off. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> SpaceX, NASA. <laughs> oh, my profile officially says uh, NASA, but I don't even know if that's accurate. Huh? Not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't want to know if I actually work there. No, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> all right, boys. So uh, one of the, th- I said it earlier in the show, one of the events that no- not only has this insane history and, and is longstanding, but has also often kind of been the official kickoff, what some have said, to our, our touring season. And and someone like Steve, who's played it forever, someone like Paul McBeth, who I think won it seven out of eight years, it, it feels like it's essentially kicked off our touring season, is the wintertime open. So give us some of that history in terms of what it's meant to you, Steve, uh, this event that's been going on forever. Uh, well, it means a lot to me. This is the 45th annual, a lot of history behind this event. Um, the first time I played it, it was in uh, 1988. That's when I became a PDJ member. My first time playing the event. Um, look forward to it every year. It does kick off the season. It is a great event. Mark Horn and Susie Horn ran it for years and years. Uh, they finally um, let Johnny Tompkins take it over. So Johnny Johnny Tompkins ran it for a couple of couple of years. You helped him run it, mm-hmm. and um, Johnny turned it over to to us. And um, it was a really cool story that me and this guy were kind of hanging out in a hot tub thinking about running this event. I go, no weird, no weird stuff. And now- <laughs> there were some weird things. Don't let him lie. Yeah, it's impossible not to be. I, I um, 
brought it up. I said, "Hey, do you want to you want to take this on and let's and be co TDs and and run this event?" You know, and he said, "Let's do it." And that's you know, this is our our third time running it. We had a during the COVID year, we had to get it done and and run it right away. So it was like a a quick B tier that we ran, and then that was in December, and then we ran it in February, like right right after that again. And now this time uh, for the pro weekend, we got an eight year status, so pretty cool. Yeah, what happened was Johnny Tompkins uh, put in the the bid to be able to do it at the park, and they t- they turned him down because of COVID. And then a couple months later, tournaments in California started happening again, and that's kind of you know ended up being when we were at the World Championship in Tennessee and sitting in that hot tub, and we just talked it over and and decided we'd you know help out the longest running tournament, the finger quotes uh, asterisks <laughs> longest running tournament at the oldest course. Um, wanted to keep that tradition going and we had to smash something together. We, I think we had three weeks to put together that first one. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would have been the, what was that? The 42nd, 43rd, yeah, 40, 43rd, 43rd, yeah. the 43rd. And we smashed that one together real fast and uh, got away with it. You know, it was, it was kind of cool. And then only had another month and a half before the 44th. So yeah. Exciting. I mean, they, they always say all of the best disc golf ideas start in hot tubs. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. I've heard uh, that. So here we are, and yeah. um, so talk a little bit about the course because some people still may not uh, have any idea what we're referencing or talking about. But talk about the course and and uh, the the history and well, all of disc golf. It's at a, it's in the city of Pasadena, uh, Hahamunga Watershed Park. It's kind of like a it was like leftover land. The park originally it was a oak grove essentially the whole thing for a, for a long time. And, uh, it was like a runoff area for, um, just a, a watershed thing, like a, yeah. an Arroyo type place. So, yeah. Yeah. It's been, um, was it, it went in the ground, I think in, uh, was it 1976, 76. I think that sounds right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's the first basket course. Um, and, uh, a lot of history there, a lot of great, great champions, and, and a lot of the SoCal players from the original guys from back in the day. You know, Jeff and Johnny Lissaman, um, John Ahard, Stokely, a lot of those guys all played down there early, early on. So um, a lot of history there, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, There's still it's- some of that Sorry. history, I was just going to say some of that history uh, is even depicted in Scott Stokely's book. And I mean, obviously, you guys and everyone in California could go on for hours and hours talking about various stories and experiences down there, you know, around a campfire and a hot tub. Stokely <laughs> outlaid a few of those in his book, you know, talking about like that property essentially helping him grow up and, you know, be present there and what the, the disc golf community was to him you know, at that stage in his life, finding that property. And, you know, you guys and, and Philo and others, you know, I mean, we the list goes on and on, like you said, uh, you know, it could go on with hundreds of people where Oak Grove has uh, is has planted the seed or people have taken root as Oak Grove being, um, you know, that, that first course and that first place that they played and fell in love with disc golf. And I'm, I'm honored that I got to play there a few years ago myself. Cliff Town and a few others were out there, and it was, it was awesome that I got to see it. So, um, the, you know, we just talked, and, and I feel like you, you guys are, are such a perfect mesh when we talk about, you know, we had Josh on earlier from uh, Lone Star, obviously, in the disc golf making business, as you are, Stevie, uh, talking to Nate Heinold in the tournament directing business, um, as you guys are also doing right now. What, what does it mean 
to put together an A tier in the early part of a season and what are some of the either the benefits or the struggles that you guys you know experience in putting together a PDGA A tier in 2023 um well it's a lot of work obviously you know um it's it's tough nowadays to get a tier status approved everybody wants to run an A tier their first year running an event so um it took us a, a couple years to to run back-to-back B tiers to get to the A tier status. Um, I had a little bit of help with uh, Alan Risley to kind of push that through for us. He has the Goat Hill coming up um, the weekend before our event mm-hmm. as an A tier. And then it's ours. And then leading up to that, we go to you know Vegas Memorial. But um, there's a lot of work behind it, a lot of fundraising, um, you know, dealing with the park system, especially like LA County. It's tough to, to work with the parks. But um, the Oak Grove Club is really, really good with them. Um, they work hand in hand with them a lot, so they helped us out and pushed that through. So there's a lot of work that goes on just besides just running the tournament. All the stuff behind the scenes, there's a lot going on. Yeah, and, yeah. and Mike, I'll throw this at you and say, like, expand on a few of the details because at, you know Nate Heinel talked about it. What were standards a year ago, or two years ago, or five years ago have all increased? They've all you know, become stricter and have, you know, tried to level up the game. What are a few of those things that you guys are making sure that you have to concern yourselves with? The the first part is, is with the parks for us. And it's always with the parks with us. I know that if you run a tournament in another state that has far less government, you're going to deal with far less issues. But with us, we're in California. We've got the biggest government on the planet. I don't want to talk politics or anything, but, um, <laughs> there's so many hoops you have to jump through to, to make things happen. You know, um, Steve's had to deal with that in the past with, with, uh, helping put courses in. I've had to deal with it in the past, putting courses in, you know, I spent the better part of seven years stopping by and talking with a, a park, um, director to, to get a nine hole course put in the ground, um, meeting after meeting after meeting and just hanging out with him. He's a great guy. I, I, I love that guy. And, uh, that, that's just the biggest, the biggest obstacle, you know, being able to get that, permit down when you need it and um having to lock down other parts of the park like for us we have to deal there's a little baseball field and essentially two makeshift soccer fields uh back to back to back with the course um if you've ever been to oak grove before there's a baseball field right on the left of your tee on hole one and then when you're throwing hole two the back side of the baseball field's over there and then once you get to hole three, you're talking about those two makeshift soccer fields. Sometimes they're rugby fields and things like that. To me, that's the biggest obstacle is dealing with with parks and rec, trying to get those guys to jump on board with us and give us a low enough price tag to make it worth it for everybody to get out there and, and be able to compete and have a, a big enough payout. With with the A tier now, we have to put in three thousand dollars out of cash, I believe is what the number is. So that's a lot of money. That's a ton of money. We're going to have to do a lot of fundraising. Um, one of the ways that we do that fundraising is we allow uh, pre-registration uh, for a certain amount of time, mm. and we allow our sponsors, people that want to sponsor the event, throw a hundred bucks at it, and we let those guys sign up early. And you know, I think you're allowed thirty-three percent of your total sign-up um, pool to be pre-registration. So it's pretty awesome. I love that. I love that. And a big shout out to everybody that that decided to do that uh, the last couple of years and this this year yeah, especially. It's the prices did increase for us because now we had to because it's an A tier we have to create a, a warm up space for for the for the professionals and so we had to rent out the baseball field and the soccer field so wow. um, way bigger price tag uh, yeah and, and speaking of that 
makes me want to pick work. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, speaking of that, uh, every every municipality across the country, uh, everywhere yeah. from from they'll all, all but pay you to come run an event to uh, exorbitant fees, what some would say, on the yeah. opposite side of the spectrum. Uh, just for your perspective, w- roughly what what are s- some of those fixed? Uh, rental park fees because I think and I, I'm asking you that because I think other listeners around the country might gasp <laughs> oh gosh um, I paid $2,000 to run a two day event once um, I paid $15 to run a one day event once <laughs> so it, it has nothing to do with the day it just depends on how they um a lot of the areas you're, yeah, yeah, it's the area. So okay. I, so yeah, because I, you have I, I to use the soccer field, like you said, and yeah, so like on, I, right? I ran, I ran a tournament a couple weeks ago at Solar, and I had to rent out a piece of the upper part of the grass up top and a couple of picnic areas I had to rent out. Um, that was all additional cost. Um, it wasn't just the 18-hole disc golf course. I had to use a little bit more room and a few other things. So it's all just added cost in there. Yeah, I would say the best – deal that I've made with a park was with uh, Glen Helen Regional Park, and that's out near five or, or the 15, 215 area. That, I don't know what town that is. San, San Bernardino Jose area? I think San Bernardino. Okay. Yeah, San Bernardino County. The deal that I made with them was actually pretty good. They asked for $500, and I said, I'll do you better. I will guarantee you that you're going to get 100 cars through your gate, and if you don't, I'll pay the difference. Mm. And so I didn't have to pay anything for that. Um, luckily, because I had paid so much at Wrightwood – because it was a two course tournament and I basically guaranteed them that they were going to get a certain amount of cars through the, through the gate, which I think they got $7 per car. So they've made well over that. I went up and asked them and they said, we did way more than you guaranteed. So I didn't have <laughs> yeah. to pay them anything. So that was great. Yeah. Sometimes just getting creative in that sense uh, for fees that right. otherwise you might've otherwise had to pay. So I like it. Uh, so, there's obviously been a huge push. Both of you guys are, are master's age. We had Callie on a few, uh, a few weeks ago and talked about that. And then also I know the Goat Hill event, I think, jump on board in some capacity. Maybe it's even the kickoff event uh, to the master's tour. Are, are, were you guys asked to be part of that, or does that fit into the scheme, or is that completely separate uh, in, in terms of where Callie's going and what she's doing? Are we all getting an RV and going to tour together? Yeah, let's, let's go, do boys. It. I'll... Uh, <laughs> I will I'll bring pick the music. Go on tour, Steve Terry. Will, Steve will bring the hot tub, and I'll bring my my <laughs> my best bathing suit. Is the old putting world champ coming back out on tour? I, I will, if I you have to. Down or what? <laughs> <laughs> we'll make something happen. Uh, what? Uh, what? Uh, are you guys affiliated with that or or not? It just happens to be in um, California. No, no, no. And you guys are the weekend after. Yeah, we're, we are the weekend after. Um, I didn't. I wasn't sure a whole lot about um, this. The whole Masters tour. Okay. Um, I just saw um, social media and that stuff about it. Uh, we weren't asked to be a part of it. Um, okay. But um, but Goat Hills, right? You know, it's only two hours away down in San Diego, and I know Alan runs a great tournament. He has multiple multiple courses he can work with there, so that's a great start there. So we'll see how things develop over the next year or so. All right. Yeah, well, shout out to Alan Risley, aka Pops. I always <laughs> called him Pops. <laughs> Been friends with uh, yeah. AJ and, and Alan for years, so glad to glad to help them do whatever they need to do. 
So if if someone help. is uh, on the fence about, hey, I you know I want to go to somewhere warm or I want to continue to be in somewhere warm, uh, and I want to play disc golf early season, what what would you say are some of the the biggest selling points, and why should they be signing up to come play in this in this wintertime open? That's a great question. Go ahead, <laughs> smash it. Well, I mean, being out in SoCal, you know, um, a lot of the players are, are out in SoCal, or they usually go to Arizona. Um, in the off season uh, to stay warm, keep their game up. Um, this is where the tour kicks off. You know, you got, you know, you got the the back to back A tiers, then you got Vegas and, and Memorial. So um, it all starts over here before it starts moving out to you know NorCal and Texas and going all out there. So um, it's a good place to come out here, keep your game warm, keep training, and um, and then hit the the first um, you know West Coast circuit. Yeah, when I was uh, when I was in AM, I, I always saw the um, the Wintertime Open, uh, the Vegas, which at the time I think was called the Gentlemen's Club Challenge, mm-hmm. and then the Memorial Championship is kind of like the the beginning of the season Triple Crown. If you could play really well at those three events, you were you were crushing it, and that was a great start to your season. Um, as an AM, I was lucky enough to do that, so I didn't win all three, but I won the Wintertime, then Vegas, and then I think it took like eighth or something at the memorial so um that was a good start to my season uh, unfortunately got hurt a couple months later but um yeah I, I i i've always loved it as a beginning of the season type thing you know you start out where it's warm and then work your way over east you know <laughs> yeah I, I couldn't agree more, and I know I've kind of sold it that way a couple times tonight. Is just the fact that this this really felt like uh, a, a point where we're kicking off the season, and this was um, always the big warm up event for either yeah. the elite series or the now the national pro tour, tour or national was, tour. Yeah, exactly. You know, that that this was the event that everybody kind of wanted to come and play, so that they were ready for you know the next competition. This was where everyone's got got their blood boiling. Yeah. Oh, now. Yeah. Uh, we see a couple of uh, uh, very recognizable faces and names uh, right now. Luke Sampson, Gavin Babcock, Cupcake, Jacob Curtis, uh, Andrew Miranda, Peter Welk, all registered. Uh, Clint Calvin, who I know uh, I've seen quite a bit mm-hmm. out there as well. All and then, studs. All studs. Every one of them. That's I know. And then I'm, I'm looking at your FPO field, which is also uh, pretty incredible right off the bat. You got JK, Juliana Corver, Maria Oliva, and then Violet Maine. I believe I met Violet at at uh, the Phoenix Ladies Open this last year, and I know she's an up-and-comer as well. Um, so, or has been on the scene for a little while, but is continuing to make waves. Um have you guys thought about selling it this way just a little bit and saying, come play uh, some of the DGPT all-stars are, are not going to be in your way. Like, cause they're going to be in Arizona. And so the, the, the competition isn't quite as fierce. Now, clearly you got good players, but I'd really be pitching it as like, Hey, you I, I guarantee you why not going to beat you this weekend. Like that's, that's <laughs> the way I would sell it. I, I don't know. I JK is such a badass still. That's She's true. master's age oh. and she is still smashing everybody. I think Maria Oliva is going to be future world champion. Mark my words. She's mm-hmm. that good. Um, she's always been awesome. You know, she cleans up a couple parts per game. She's going to be unstoppable. It's going to be amazing. So ladies, if you want some amazing competition, come to this tournament. 
get your butt kicked. They'll show you how to do it. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, you, that might be true on the FPO side. Learn. A- MPO I mean. side, yeah. MPO side, um, it also A-tier action up for grabs, uh, which is pretty awesome to see. Um, what What are some of the ways that, again, I ask you to share so the entire world can maybe learn from it. What are some of the ways that fundraising and sponsorship uh, work for an event like this? What are you guys doing and, and what are ways people can support the event? Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, uh, a lot of the, the early bird um, uh, registration that we opened up helped sure. a lot. Um, we got fundraiser discs that we're selling. They're going to be going up this week. And, um, you know, we have um, different uh, vendors coming also to support the event. You know, they always kick in to go out there and sell their merchandise and that kind of stuff, too. So, um, yeah, different things like that, you know, um, uh, fundra- fundraising. Uh, everybody wants fundraiser discs. So sure. that's probably the best way to do it. Okay. Yeah, we had um, last year we had – was that last year? We had Victim Jerky. It's a local disc golf guy that um, plays um, – competes out here in the Masters age. Um, I think it's Am Am Masters, but he's uh, he owns his own little disco. I mean, uh, beef jerky company. So and they're amazing. Yeah. They're so good. Fantastic. Yeah, so good. Shout out to Victim Jerky. Hey, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we had uh, Philo set up a booth last year. Um, he did pretty well. Um, so yeah, it's it's cool. And he was out signing discs and teaching people how to play when they asked. So yeah, yeah. I I was gonna follow that up with: Is there? any structured either formal or somewhat informal uh, opportunities like that in, in terms of a uh, you know a clinic or doubles you know some events have those uh, again they may or may not be directly on your plate but do you know of any of those things being organized or or uh, structured yeah we're hoping to do uh, I, I was been talking to Steve about this doing like a wintertime warm-up type thing so okay. make it a doubles okay. event and then have that be a fundraiser a straight-up fundraiser for the event um uh, we didn't get as many early bird signups this year. Um, so we're going to have to fill the gaps there because it helped us a ton last year with, with all the, all the things we had to pay for this year. Again, like I said, the, it costs more, so we're going to have to do something. So probably run a little um, something on the weekend at Oak Grove wintertime warm up. We'll do the wintertime layout, uh, which is far different than probably what you played Terry when you came out. Um, okay. Extended holes, some par fives, all par fours. Sorry, no par fives. Um, I guess par sixty two. Par sixty two. Yeah, par sixty two. So pretty tough layout. Um, And then even the short holes, the the two shortest holes are like island holes. So um, (laughs) yeah, it's nuts. My favorite. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So follow up to that is. Uh, being a tournament director uh, like yourself, Mike, do uh, obviously there's comes with certain um, obligations and or sacrifices that have to be made. Am, am I? Is it? Are neither of you playing in the event? Is that what I understand or no? So last year would have been Steve's thirty first year in a row. Is that right? Thirty fifth? No, 34th. 34th year in a row. I'm bad with math. Apparently, yeah. He and because he was the tournament director for the pro weekend he was not allowed because that was a mm. new rule last year i think okay and i offered i said hey man you want me to you want me to be the tournament director he's like nah it's it's kind of time you know so i think <laughs> you know i think sometimes time, streaks yeah. just have to end you yeah. know that was a long time to play that in a row i played the tournament for 10 years in a row and now my streak ends as well so i've been playing it since 2012 so <clears throat> so um 
Yeah, I forgot what the question was. Yeah, are question. either of you playing? <laughs> Answer that like a damn politician. <laughs> I think the question was for five hundred: Are either of you playing and competing? The yeah, the, the answer is we're no. Not the, the, yeah, we're not allowed to. We're not allowed to play. Okay. Yeah. The, I could. <laughs> I play open, and he he's the tournament director technically for the pro weekend. I could, but I'm not going to do that. Sure. I did it last year, and it just I, it wasn't much help on the pro yeah. weekend. So the best um, way gotta, to ruin your disc golf game is to get involved in disc golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done it. We've all been there. Like you know, I had played what, like, tournament. <laughs> like yeah. 10 yeah. or 15 years of Manitowoc. And then, yeah, then that was it. And then we started being behind the scenes and they wrecked us. <laughs> did, wrecked us. did Stephen Avery ever show up to your tournament out there? Uh, uh, no, it's no. too bad. Don't believe he did. It's too bad. <laughs> yeah. <We> should, <laughs> is he busy? What's he up to? I, I think he's still busy. He's still is busy. He? What's he doing? I don't know. What's he doing these days? To be fair, I've never. I still have never watched the series. Are you? Are you? Are you, are you making a murder joke when you live in California? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how, how many serial killers? I think I can turn on Netflix and there's like 20 different documentaries on California serial killers. <laughs> Almost all of them. Almost all. Yeah. Yeah. So, any anything out of the ordinary for either of you this year? I know you kind of just told us where you're playing but is there anything else uh you know steve i think about uh, specifically with legacy uh whether it be releases or discs or sponsorships or whatever is there anything out of the ordinary for either of you uh here in 2023 no i mean i think i'm going to keep it consistent just uh play my local events I'm, I'm definitely running a lot more events now i'm kind of taking on that role um like I said, I, I, um, I got in good with LA County at, over at my course at Somar, so I'll be running a lot of stuff there, uh, doing a lot of maintenance on the course. But uh, for the most part, um, we are running. I am running more events, and and uh, I don't know how much tournaments I'll be playing. I do want to play some of the majors and masters, hopefully pro worlds, and maybe a couple other elite series. But that's probably it for me. I want to hike the PCT. <laughs> what the pct the pacific crest trail i want to hike that you have to sign up for it in october to do it the next year and i didn't sign up for it this year so that i could do it next year or wait this year yeah. the year just passed you know what i'm saying i can't oh, do it in yeah. 2023 i'm gonna do it in 2024 that's okay. huge though that's what you're walking across america basically i like you walk it. from mexico to uh canada yeah wow it's nuts that's awesome yeah so i'm gonna go do that in 2024 so you're not gonna see me oh okay okay yeah it's, it's good <laughs> just go for a quick walk just a quick walk just 2450 I mean, you miles. gotta throw all the way across all the way to- <laughs> yeah that sounds like the new stokely longest hole challenge oh. uh steve i i wouldn't be doing my job if i didn't harass you call you out on uh seeing you at some of these men they've Callie McMorrin specifically created a tour. It might as well be called the Steve Rico Masters Tour. <laughs> she creates a tour so that yeah. we can see Steve Rico in all of his Masters glory. You, you too, Mike. But Steve, we can see you in all of your Masters glory. And now you're telling me you're not getting on the tour and playing every stop. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm pissed off, no, but I mean, I I'm to, pissed I off. I do want to play some of those events. I just, um, I'm not going to go on. Bro, I'm 44. I'm not going on tour to. <laughs> there's like 20. There's like 20 events. <laughs> yeah, he's got like two but or I three jobs. He's got to take. I don't give a crap. This tour do is for you. 
I do want to support the tour. I am going to play them. I don't know if I'm going to play. I don't know how many I'm going to play, but I am going to play some. 20 so. of the 22? No, like five. <laughs> I'm never I doing mean, another thing for you again. That's how, <laughs> <laughs> you know, how many how many masters players out there that are on tour? All of the ones you are going to beat. <laughs> That's all. Really? Where's hole one and what's course record, right? Like, <laughs> that's all you need to well, know. We'll see. we'll see. Are you going to be there filming? No, I'm busy. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yay. All right. right. All right. No, uh, here, here, here's my slightly more serious uh, question, though. What do you make of that? That we've arrived, here it is, 2023, and a Masters Tour exists. Callie McMoran's taking it on. It's going to be obviously a huge effort. She's, you know, she's uh, putting in a ton of work already and has a big year in front of her. What do you make? Here we are, 2023, a Masters Tour. What's, what's your take on that? Well, I'm, I'm glad to see it, um, you know, finally come to pass. You know, um, it's, it's an awesome thing. I I hope it's a successful event and it and it continues throughout the years. Um I know, and she knows how to get the, the job done. She does a lot of uh, events and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, she's a great person to to do this. So I'm looking forward to it. I do want to play some events, and, and I'm gonna, I do want to support it. Um, Mike. Yes. What's the first event I'm going to see you at? I don't know. You're doing that Mesa thing, right? Or wait, where was it? Um, Maricopa. Was that in Mesa? Maricopa. You're doing that, right? No, I'll be in Thailand. Dang it. <laughs> but we, we may have a camera out there. We're, we're working on some details there. Uh, maybe not the Masters Division. Okay, so I won't see you there. But, You're not uh, going to see me there. I don't know. Um, I've, just, I've, I've had some struggles with disc golf lately. I mean, obviously, the biggest issue is, is not the injuries, which I've dealt with a ton of those. I'm pretty active, so I do a lot of things. The first injury that I had was through baseball, and I broke my foot playing baseball, and it basically just ruined my season of disc golf, which I was more looking forward to than finishing a stupid adult league baseball league or whatever. So, <laughs> um, so I don't know. It, it, worse than that, I have to play against guys like this. We're the same freaking age, and I, I get so excited when I was playing amps. I was like, cool. I get to – basically, when I finish – I started playing this game late, by the way. Basically, when I finish doing AM stuff, I'm going to jump right into Masters. That's what's going to happen. But what happened? This guy turned 40. Philo turned 40. You, you got all of the the big dogs from the you know early, late 90s and early 2000s all turning in the 40 range, and I got to deal with all of them. They're in my way. But I don't have the time to dedicate to disc golf like other people do um, as then, your main as your main job. And the division's getting way tougher now also. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a secret, Mike. Am Masters. Yeah. There you go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I send some podium finishes. I'm just saying. Probably podium on the podium. I think you can podium. If it's a big podium, you're, you're there. Just Those are options. That's fun. Got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> no, I've had a great time playing Pro Masters. It's been an awesome time. I think one of the – maybe just like two tournaments in, I won a tournament in uh, Lake Achuma. See if I have a trophy here. I don't. Um, Lake Achuma, beautiful course. There's two courses on that property. Yeah. Um, that's such an awesome event. It's called the Kachuma Lake Classic. Yeah. 
something like that, Lake Kachuma Classic. Um, amazing event. Um, got off to a hot start and then just kind of fizzled. I played well at that tournament where I saw you and I did some commentary for you on that mm-hmm. video that Johnny V made fun of. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I was, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I would love to kind of dedicate more time to playing disc golf and getting better and all that, but you know, life, life happens. So, uh, and speaking of just that about getting better and dedicating, uh, Steve, gush on your uh, on your brag about your nephew a little bit. We're seeing Cam come up, yeah. and uh, it feels like definitely the the torch has been passed, or he's taking it, however you want to call it. Uh, but but your nephew Cam is uh, is doing some work out there in the pro division, isn't he? Yeah, yep. He's seventeen. He's getting better. Yeah, he, uh, he did beat me at a little local seats here um, not too long ago. And um, that was great to see him. He, you know, he, he bombs, he throws, you know, 500 plus, just like every other kid out there does now. <laughs> um, and uh, he's playing a lot of golf. He's dedicating a lot of time to it. So, you know, in the next, you know, year or two, he's going to be out there playing on tour. Yeah, it is really kind of gross how all these young kids just bomb. It's I, terrible. I, I, <laughs> I, all I'm going to say is I think it's the plastic. I think they should go back to throwing vipers and whippets and cobras. Yes. And stuff yep. Like yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. Then they'll only stingray throw stingray and a birdie, and we'll see what they can do. <laughs> yeah. Try to try to try to sidearm a stingray and see how that works out for you. Yeah. Ride that marauder. <laughs> did you throw a marauder once? You did. You did. No. What is a marauder? What was that? Uh, that was di- that was discraft. Yeah, okay. Like uh, you're an Eclipse guy. See, I was a Tracer guy. You would be an Eclipse guy. That's, I, like I, threw, like I threw both yeah, of those. Shadow, shadow of the Badass. For the oh, game. God, you would. Probably threw the Hawk, too, when they DOS. Oh, Typhoon. <laughs> you guys may as well be speaking another language. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. When I first started, the farthest flying disc was the Wraith. So. Oh, oh, you, yeah. Would you come in 2007? Jeez. I first played in 2003. It was like one of those things that I played like a handful of times um, per year. And I had a, yeah, I had a Wraith. I think I had a, what was that? Discraft XL. Was that a thing back then? Yeah, it was. Um, I think I putted with a super soft magnet. Um, What was my mid? That was the wrong kind of magnet. You got to, you wanted the four chain hard magnet. That was the better one. Was it? Okay. Pink one with Steve Rico's name on it. (laughs) Mm. Ooh. Oh, yeah, you remember those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your pinkies. Uh, Steve. <laughs> uh, so, so many. Uh, all these years with within the PDGA, your PDGA 46666, uh, here we are entering yet a new era. I know, you know, Nate Heinold talked about uh spectators talked about tournaments talked about all these things that we're growing into we're evolving into what what do you see because you wear all these different hats of of both being a a superstar player and a tournament director and a manufacturer uh where where, where's disc golf headed and what could you guess next for us because you've seen it all yeah i mean it's it's definitely evolved you know really big in the last five years going from, you know, the, now you have the elite series. Um, they're selling tickets out there. It's just, it's just growing and growing the, the, the media part of it. I mean, there's so many different um, avenues now of media and um, it's great to see, you know, the PDJ numbers are just stacking up. They're going up and up now. They're like 
200 and I don't know what now, 1,000. Almost 250. Yeah, the 241 at the beginning of the year, I think I saw. So There's so many people coming into the game now. I think it's just a matter of time for those, like, really, really big sponsors, like, you know, just like regular, like the regular golf tour. You know, I think that's that's coming up really soon. Uh, anything that you're afraid of in seeing with this growth and development? Um, I I just hope it continues. You know, um, hope it doesn't you know get ahead of ourselves and get burned out because um, we're moving at such a rapid pace. But um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, when I was when I was younger, I used to be a, a sponsored rollerblader, and that was such a niche thing at the time. And it Tell was me you're forty skating. without telling me you're forty. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so, so I was like a sponsor skater and, and, you know, a couple different places sponsored me and, and things like that. And what I watched happen with that industry is it overexpanded too much too quickly. Too many, too many people were taking over the um, manufacturing roles. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, like at the time there were like, there was one, one skate. Okay, rollerblade, and then there was Rosies, and then there was um, Solomon came into the game. K two came into the game. You know those companies from snowboarding. Okay, and so when all those came in, all of a sudden now you've got Razors, you got and like all these other brands started coming in, and then think about how many different wheel brands you needed, a gazillion wheel brands, and a bunch of t shirt brands, and it just oversaturated the market, and it just killed itself because nobody could make money anymore. Um, there, it wasn't expanding at the at the speed that the manufacturers were expanding. If that makes any sense, I'm afraid of that happening to disc golf. Wow, which is what I and I lo- I love that story because just just yesterday I I think it was the the twitters I saw someone say we need less manufacturers because they were they were appalled and uh, disgusted with the disc golf manufacturers and I, I my gut reaction to that. Is that who effing cares? Let them sort it out. If they fail, they fail. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you know, we don't want them to, or they don't want to, but if they, or their competitors want them to fail, but if, if they fail, they fail. And if they make one disc or 60 discs, what's it to you? Don't buy it if you don't want it. So I guess I'd throw that back at you and say, is that from an industry standpoint, is it too bad if we have too many disc manufacturers steve you be quiet uh mike could there be too many disc manufacturers i think there could be too many um you know you go to a you go to a world championship and now you've got 14 manufacturers there waiting for you to buy their discs you know Mm -hmm. and from from a from a purchaser standpoint are you going to be loyal to just one brand and if so how long are they going to stick around what's going to end up happening i think is a lot of those brands are going to fail and you're going to have some of the um Call, I almost called them the legacy brands, the ones that were around at the beginning. You'll have Legacy and Innova and Discraft and a, and a handful of others. They'll make it, but then you're going to have all of the other ones that popped up after that. You know, maybe not make it. I think. That's yeah, and and whose problem is that though? Outside of out of, I mean, those those brands that fail. Of course, it's their problem. But is right. Well, do you feel like the sport will suffer? No, but also like. I think another thing that 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 we, okay, yes, I do think the sport will suffer if it overexpands for sure. Um, but the people that suffer from that are not the people buying the discs. They can move on to another brand. There's another destroyer out there. There's another whatever, another judge. Somebody's going to make another judge. Okay, it's just going to happen. So if those if those disc manufacturers fail, 
there will be something else you can put right in there. Like when I started throwing legacy discs, I took out all of the discs that, um, that were similar. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, some of them went even further with legacy. Some of them didn't, but they were more consistently made, whatever it might've been. Um, you'll find a replacement. You'll find a replacement for sure. So these companies need to be on the ball and, and really, I'm not talking directly to you. Uh, <laughs> I, I think legacy makes fantastic stuff. Um, I've been throwing the outlaw ever since it came out. It took the destroyer completely out of my bag. Um, and then a couple other uh, discs like the Patriot. Nobody makes a Patriot. A lot of people say Patriot is a leopard. That's total BS. It's not even close to a leopard. Um, I, I can throw a Patriot, you know, 450 feet. I can't throw a leopard 450 feet. And it doesn't even have the same flight pattern. What are we even talking about? So I don't know why people even say that. So I think I think the Patriot, the Outlaw, and the Rival are completely unmatched in the marketplace. I don't think there's a better disc in those categories, in my opinion. Uh, Steve, how much you pay in this guy? Because he's I didn't, he, he doesn't pay me anything. I have not been on his team for three years. You brought the subject up, man. Yeah. Um, no, I love quiet. it. Um, we Steve, just heard he's sponsored by Rollerblade. Ah, so. good call. No, sorry about that. <laughs> um, Steve, what, what is what is in the hopper for uh, for Legacy in terms of molds? Is it is it is there a concern to make more molds or to have just more production of the discs you do have, or or, or whatever it is? Um, no, we need to get a couple more a couple more molds out there to line up. Um, we got mostly everything covered. We are missing a couple. Um, slots that we need to, to fill in but um just being consistent making good good product good plastic um, a lot of companies out there are making good stuff you know so um it's just important just to keep making good product you know can be consistent as, as possible you know and um i think that's the main thing you know there's a you hear it all the time like oh well this company's more consistent that company's more consistent everybody's kind of all over the place and that's just the way manufacturing goes you know so, but we're trying to keep it as, as close as we can as, as manufacturers. We want to try to keep our product as close as we can and keep it consistent as possible, you know, keep the production up and just make quality stuff out there. And just that way when, you know, the, during COVID, the, the, the manufacturing part of it just got saturated. There's so many new companies out there now that figured, oh, well, right now is a good time to get in and, and, and make money in, in disc golf. So all these companies popped up, and they kind of saturated the the whole sport and, and product and disc. So it's important to to keep your product consistent and looking good. Uh, earlier, we were talking to Josh from Lone Star, and of course, they're a, very much a newer player in the game and have come out very aggressive. Uh, you know, but they talked about how. Uh, just holding a disc, almost having this immediate knowledge of uh, either the plastic that's in it and or if it's just well-made. Do you feel like you have a, a, a similar eye and feel these days? You can pick up re- yours or anyone else's disc and you be like, you kind of know it right away, like, oh, this was well-made or this feels good? Can I answer that question? <laughs> I was in his factory one time and they, they made me put my hand behind my back my, my hands behind my back and tell them which mold it was. And, um, I, I nailed four out of four and then mm-hmm. Steve did like seven out of seven. And I handed him stuff that was not even legacy. I handed him 
like three different brands. <laughs> and he's like, well, that's a whatever. And he named it. I was like, what the heck? You can tell. You yeah. can totally tell. Yeah. And if you're in the business like he is like for so long, and I'm sure you can do the same thing. Too. I mean, there's, there's times when, when um, you know, we test a lot of plastic. We get, we get a lot of um, samples come in and we test it all out and we'll run it. And I know right away if I don't like it. I'm like, yeah, I don't like it. It doesn't run good. It doesn't feel good. And I've had stuff that actually, you know, I'm like, oh, this does feel nice. And then you throw it and it just rolls over, you know. Mm. So, um yeah, so you, you get a, you get a lot of that stuff, and um, you know you go what's you know what's more consistent. But for, yeah, you know for the most part, you know when you grab something, you're like, oh yeah, that feels good. I like that. You know, so I, I think a similar thing is happening with this that that was happening with uh, with rollerblading too. I know some guys that owned a a wheel company in rollerblading. Um, plastic is is so touchy, and you're not going to get the same source every time. You, you know, you're talking about urethane and all these different types of plastics that create wheels and i guess discs too but you, you know you might buy the same box the same number from the same company and then when that gets shipped to you it has a totally different you run through that wheel so much faster and you can't you, and the consumer's like what happened to these wheels these wheels were amazing well it's just you're, you're talking about plastic it's not i don't know if it's like that with with yeah. discs too but it was it was yeah. like that with rollerblading wheels for sure yeah i remember having to put different uh, different wheels on my rollerblades when we do street hockey so well, yeah, you, I would I would go through wheels so quickly. E and J, yeah, always got my wheels from E and J. That's and where I bought some frisbees from. That's they sold oh. discs too. That's right. During, during probably the, where I bought my first disc. During the shortage of, of material that everybody was going through for a while, you know, we're we're getting plastic from different sources that we don't we don't get it from, you know, and so and we got a lot of stuff that was not running very good, you know, it didn't run very good in the machines. Um, all the different cooling times and pressures that you had to use for all the, for, for these other plastics that you're, you're using. And, um, a lot of it wasn't running very good. So we had to scrap a lot of parts that were, you know, that we're not used to doing. So a lot of stuff that we made, we were scrapping, you know, every one out of every four shots that came out, we we're just you know, throwing it in the pile. Yeah. Now, uh, Steve, uh, of course, this is uh, very timely in the sense that, we see a lot of companies uh, making moves with regard to sponsorship. And and some companies, uh, I feel like, have very blatantly said, like, oh, you know, they're not with us anymore. We wish them the best of luck. They're moving on. Some people, like Lone Star, for instance, uh, very actively acquiring a lot of different players. Uh, what, are, what are sponsorship negotiations and contracts and those conversations? How tough are those when you're, uh, you know, such a skilled player yourself, the owner of the company, I, I look at you in, in a similar sense to what I look at in EMAC when you're trying to make those decisions. Is that tough for you as someone who's also skilled, but, um, you know, not out there playing nearly as much as, as, uh, you used to. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really tough. You know, um, there's somebody, like I said, there's somebody now like new young players that come in a game and, you know, a lot of them are, have a lot of skills, you know, um, a lot of a lot of guys want a lot, but they've never been out there on the road. They never hit the tour before. I mean, they're great local, you know, um, but you know they they don't know what it's like to be out there on the road, you know. And it's hard to put a value on something like that, you know. Um, and uh, you know, the social media presence now is a huge thing. You know, how big is your social media following? That's like the number one thing nowadays. So um, there's so many different avenues to that you have to compare and see. You know what what the worth is on, on players and stuff like that, you know? Um, 
So it's it's tough, and it's constantly like you know evolving. There's always new players, you know, and and you know they go from one manufacturer and they don't get what they want. Oh, they go to the next one, you know. They just keep going. Now there's so many companies now, you know. Somebody's going to pay them what they're what you know what they want or or negotiate pretty close to their value. So it's 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 really tough, actually. I I I cannot imagine. Um, it seems like, especially someone like yourself, as I said, who so actively on tour playing and at one point beating probably a good number of these players, and now they're coming after you, uh, hoping for this. You know, they want to, of course, get their best possible contract, and you have to weigh out those dollars and cents and how that all uh, shakes out. And then Johnny just pulled it up a moment ago. Did, is, is there a a, a fresh? Uh, fresh new look to the LegacyDisc.com website. Is that what I'm seeing? Uh, yeah, we've been we've been trying to update it and work on it, make it look good, add some more features to it, and uh, yeah, it's been I like it's it. Been look, good. It looks sharp. I'm yep. seeing it right all now. All different plastics, the flight charts out there, all the different discs, obviously in different gear. It, it's looking good. Yep. Thank you. I likey. All right, boys. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. My mind already wandered to like the next hot tub exchange. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Uh, it's getting late here. Uh, uh, Wintertime Open, is that currently, well, to wrap that up, is, is there currently a title or presenting sponsor um, or is that available? Where, where does that stand in case anybody's interested? We have two title sponsors for the okay. for the uh, pro weekend. It is Legacy Discs. Okay. And for the AM weekend, it's PinDeepDiscGolf.com. That's my company. You asked what I do earlier. That's one of the things that I do. I, I, I run a disc golf website. Um, it's an online shop. You can order it from me, and uh, I ship it out normally very fast. I've made a couple mistakes, to be totally honest, <laughs> you know. For some no. reason, for some reason, my my website like logged itself off. And I was like, I have not an order in like a week. What's going on here? And then I get an email like, you got paid two hundred fifty dollars. And I was like, what the heck? And I log in, and it's like five days old. And I messaged you. I was like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. But you know, he was super cool about it. So, okay. Uh, yeah, Pin Deep Disc Golf is the presenting for AM, and then Legacy Discs is the presenting for the uh, professional weekend. Love it. All right, and uh, Disc Golf Scene is the place where they can go sign up. If, they, if they're uh, too lazy to type all that in, they could uh, go find the, uh, the event on the PDGA page uh, listed as an A tier. Any, anything else before we uh, let you guys go tonight? Yeah, we have a Facebook page. It's just Wintertime Open on Facebook. Um, that you'll get all the updates, anything that we have there. We like to do a, uh, a video caddy book. We did it the last mm. couple of years. Basically, I do I do drone footage, as you know. I've done it for your your channel mm-hmm. before in the past, and um, I you know we do the fly through on the course, and then Steve and I talk about the course um, as as we fly through and just kind of give a breakdown what the out of bounds rules are, any kind of drop zone things like that, um, distances, all that kind of good stuff. So we do a mm-hmm. video caddy book. Um, everybody seemed to really appreciate that. That's yeah. awesome. I like yeah. that. I like it as well. And I'm going to put a link uh, out there in the chat if anyone is interested. Uh, if you get your chance, uh, make sure you head over to uh, play a little disc golf on such a historic and iconic course. You can see the first basket in the ground. Uh, and just to know all the history and, and the, the stories and the experiences <laughs> and the growth that's coming out of uh, out of that course. And Yeah. All right, yeah, boys. So- Go ahead. Something cool about Grove, really quick. Last thing, there's a there's a really old basket there in the ground. We've dubbed it the Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. It's a, like a basket made out of iron, yeah. and it's kind of like a rite of passage. If you play the course, you have to go over and throw a couple putts on it. 
it's awesome. It's really cool. It yeah. used to be for for several years, lost and gone forever. Nobody knew it was there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was covered. An oak tree actually grew through it. So wow. um, the branches went through it. So somebody came in and trimmed it all up, and now it's back to uh, working order. So you can you can go putt on it. So pretty cool. Love it. And of course, uh, you, just like you said, a rite of passage when I was there, uh, I took a few putts. To, of course, took pictures with it. The whole nine yards. It's yep. exactly what you have to do when you're out there. Uh, it's like a pilgrimage uh, out yep. there in uh, <laughs> at that course. You have to do it. Well, boys, uh, I we appreciate the insight. We appreciate uh, the the plans here for your 2023 event, and uh, look forward to seeing you. If I won't be able to see you there, but uh, I'm sure I'm going to see you out on a course uh, otherwise. And of course, people can go get signed up uh, and get registered for the tournament. And uh, we hope to hear some great stories what goes down out there <laughs> yeah thanks for having us appreciate yeah, you guys always yeah, thanks guys appreciate yeah. it of course guys have a good night we'll talk soon all right guys all right. See, ya. see ya all righty and uh we you can't talk about oak grove without mentioning philo so i will quickly uh put two and two together and that philo was just here this last weekend uh in the milwaukee area new uh, year's the, eve correct new year's eve the indoor uh disc golf experience was taking place over at what's called the brookfield soccer complex were you able to get out there i, I was not able Neither to get over I. there but i know that uh philo there was a great video that was released uh by jeff showers and so uh, that was taking place, and in a couple of weeks, uh, about 10 days or so, uh, nine or 10 days from now, in a couple of weekends, uh, Nate Sexton will be the special guest. Uh, Are you going to get there for I, that again, one? will not be around, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I hate it when our top-level pros come to town, and I'm not able to to uh, go check in with them. But Nate Sexton is going to be coming to town, and I shouldn't be advertising or talking about it because I think it's already pretty much sold out. But well, you know. uh, it's still happening, and it's great to see. And then I also wanted to get a quick shout-out in there. Uh, as soon as I posted that we were going live tonight, I saw none other than KK, Christy King. Christine King posted um, something about her Poppy series doing well, a women's-only series, but also the fact that I think it had raised $500 for Uplay, so I wanted to say congrats and nice work she said she wants to come on and talk about it which i think sounds like a great idea but she said i'm almost done with the poppy series i'd love to be on to talk about it we also did a fundraiser and donated 500 dollars to Uplay. so that's great uh nice work uh and and keep it up i know that's uh i am interested in hearing more about that series as well because it gets talked about every single year as it should um and i know they're doing good things um yeah I think there's probably about nine more things that I probably had uh, lingering around of things to talk about, but I can't think of them right now. Do you have anything before we do some drawings? No, I was just going to uh, oh, good call drawings. Um, no, I was just going to ask you, if you weren't out at the Philo, what did you do for New Year's? I know you had the oh, event. I was partying hard after my long day of running a C-tier. Uh, it, it was a pretty, it was overall, it was somewhat of a subdued uh, New Year's. Nothing special on my end. Did you get wild? Oh, super wild. Yeah, you would. No. Did you get in the hot tub with those guys? Hot tub time machine? Yeah, I bet. Uh, <laughs> no, we just had some friends over here to the house. I was telling you this story. Um, they're friends of my son's friend's parents, and they were over to the house, and one of the sons has a, a, a little YouTube channel, and I mean little. He says he has five subscribers. Sweet. Yep and yeah, so I, I was, everybody started with zero that's right so i said oh what's i'll subscribe what's the thing and it's 
private and hidden so you can't subscribe to it <laughs> i was like oh well that's gonna be a problem for subscribers <laughs> but the, the the little 10 year old sat down in your chair right here and he was awestruck at our lights and a camera and all the monitors we have and he was just like wow and he kept asking me all these questions about like the podcast and this and that and it, it was a really kind of a cute moment because he was not expecting it when he walked into our little studio he had no clue kind of i think he had heard through uh, my daughter that i have a podcast as she likes to kind of chat about it but uh, he he was kind of awestruck because he does a he's got to do a podcast for his school project mm. which i think is kind of fun it's a different medium you know it's not just like a powerpoint presentation or something sure, like that certainly so they're doing something on the black plague nice and timely yeah mm. so, okay kind of fun all right well, i'm gonna get the uh the the, the people all here yeah, and as you do that, I will fill some time and talk uh, briefly. Uh, the Our friends over at Ace Run Production, they had their quarterly podcast. and They're breaking news. Uh, they were breaking some big news, and, and here we are trying to get caught up a few days later to what they were doing. Uh, they had Stacey Ronsley on the show, where Stacey had a an Ace Run Productions exclusive and broke it on the show that she would be joining Team Castaplast. So, congrats to her. Uh, congrats to Castaplast picking up Stacey Ronsley. Uh, also on the show, it was a little surprise to Innova, I think. Uh, <laughs> I only joke because, like, two days later, they on the first they announced their team, and they had her listed oh, on the still team. Had her still, name on there. like it was, and it was like dated New Year's. Here's our team, and her, her, she was on there along with AJ Carey, mm. which I thought was like. Mm. Uh, and then I was just going to say, A.J. Carey and D.N. Carey also, uh, I believe we saw signatures with them heading over to Lone Star. Yes. So uh, congratulations to them. And D.N. broke news. I think it was exclusive there. Another exclusive uh, thanks to Ace Run uh, was that D.N. said uh, she's going to be working with Discology as a new bag sponsor as opposed to Upper Park. So. Figured I'd just pass those on, and then I jumped on and ruined their show <laughs> and uh, jumped into their chat and uh, also online with them and did, yammered on for a while. Did you smash box it? Did you turn it into like a three-hour No, no, podcast? no. To be fair, they already were like a two-hour show, oh. and then I think we went another two hours. and uh, So you did. You wrecked it. But they were already going on i think far longer than they planned i think they have the same problem that we do which is sometimes you just don't want to be done the next thing you know you're talking and talking and talking and talking things just keep on rolling uh today i want to apologize Ooh, do it to, do it, do it. <laughs> to, to robert damon and and uh gordon johnson because i i again smashbox.tv slash weekly giveaways suddenly we've got six people here that signed up for the weekly giveaway on the website you know uh, it was just you do not have to be you do not have to be a patreon supporter in order to be eligible for our giveaway so where it was just like two of them maybe a third sometimes jc stevens st- uh dropped in but um suddenly uh, we've got a few more people oh the competition's getting more fierce it's getting hot and heavy okay uh little chat talking about uh, the wintertime layout, uh, Glenn and others talking about the uh, Paul Macbeth and who used to play in the wintertime. Uh, you, you know, that I, I was, I was, it was in seriousness when I said that playing in that wintertime event is a great way to get geared up for the season, as you mentioned, but also to go after an A-tier win 
and in California, and you have some of our our I don't know if big dogs is the right word, but we have our All Star Weekend competing with them, or not competing with them, should I say? The All Stars will be taking place in Arizona, so a few of the names that you often see on top of the leaderboard just they won't be in your way. They will be in another place doing other uh, competitive disc golf things. So I, I feel like it just opens up your chances a little bit greater and wider uh, to go pick up an A-tier win. That's, that's what I'm saying. Now, I'm not saying get all Yuli on them and, uh, you know, hide behind trees and... And, and, sca- <laughs> and time them and, and or, or maybe start filming them creepily. Yeah, or, or whatever you got to do. I'm not saying play any of those games, but whatever it takes. Well, Terry, we are ready for our weekly giveaway. All right. We have 150 people eligible for our weekly giveaway. You can be eligible by going to smashbox.tv slash weekly giveaways or the better and best way to do it is go to patreon.com slash smashbox tv where you can then be automatically entered in you don't even have to think about going to the website and yeah. putting in all your information just, yeah, you, you know it. we're going to take your information and probably sell it to the highest bidder that's what i did and you know just send them gift gift cards that's all they ask for <laughs> all my friends they all, just want gift cards they just want gift cards so we have 150 people eligible for our giveaway tonight terry oh gosh we gotta go with the first it is a first podcast of the year and we're just gonna generate the first lucky person all right. i sorted it by first name tonight uh that makes sense it's the first it's the first yeah so 22 22 my first name ABC, 22 it's gonna be a, a j Oh, no, it's way before that. 22? C. It's a C. C. <laughs> 22 is Carl Davis. Carl congratulations, Davis. Carl Davis. Patreon supporter. Oh, congratulations, Carl. Patreon supporter at the $5 level. Thank you, Carl. We love you more than most, uh, which means Carl staring at us on Car- this wall right here. He might be over there somewhere. Ooh-wee. I like that. I like it, too. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh, Luke Butch is on the board. Chiming in from Thailand. Luke, hope you're well, buddy, and uh, looking forward to seeing if we can make some details work. He says that you should come to Thailand with me. I would love to come to Thailand with you. Just saying that's where all the cool people named Terry and Shasta and Scott Stokely will be. That, that I don't know. I mean, yeah, I just I'm just saying that's where we'll be. I don't think I'm going to be able to make two inner, hopefully international travels this year. I'm hoping for one. So hoping to go over to Europe. So leaving for Thailand would probably not work out so well for me. Okay. Well, I'll go. I'll let you know. <laughs> you let me know how it is. Terror bear. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll report back. All right, guys. Well, it looks like we can go ahead and call it. I mean, 2023, not much is changing. It's still three and a half hours for you guys. Uh, thank you to everyone that joined us tonight. Uh, we spoke with Josh from Lone Star. We talked to Nate from the PDGA and Ledgestone. And we also talked to Mike and Steve uh, over there from the Wintertime Open. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. Next week, we got, we got anything special in store? I'm sure more announcements for uh, sponsorship. Maybe we'll have one of uh, a player who signs next week. That would be fun. Ooh. Ooh. It's going to be some sweet action coming at you guys. All right. Smashbox TV podcast 436 after show is officially done and complete. We're going to sign off for Johnny V. I'm Terry Miller, the disc golf guy. We'll see you next week. You step inside the Smashbox.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 